Episode 93, we go in and presents here with longtime friend of the program, FU. And it's just, it's great to have you back. You know, it's been, it's been a minute since our last interview, but we got a lot to talk about this time. Just, you know, how, how's life right now? What's good, man? So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on again. Man, a lot of things have changed since we spoke. Um, I think it was 2017 yeah. last time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Fucking okay. got divorced, got remarried, had a baby, fucking okay, got got stuck in Peru for months, couldn't come back to my country, and got fucking wrote wrote a bunch of albums. A bunch of shit has happened since, man. But I'm glad to talk to you. No, congratulations too on on you know the birth of a new child, and you you have a nice range now in terms of kids. You know what's that range been like having you know older and younger at the same time? I mean, it's it's crazy in a way, but it's totally different. You know what I mean? Like my oldest daughter's twenty one. I had her when I was twenty one, and at that age, man, you know you're still a kid yourself, so <clears throat> it's totally different and the new baby she's a year and three months now and being a dad at 40 is completely different you know what i mean your your, your mindset is in a different place they change you in a different way you know what i mean uh when when you're in your 20s you kind of feel like damn you know what i mean your life's kind of over and you're still trying to capture that youth and still trying to uh get out when you can you know what i mean like you know hey here's my opportunity to go out and party and get fucked up you know what i mean because the rest of the time you're taking care of a child now I, i'm going out because i'm doing shows and i'm getting paid and all that but i want to just come back home is the first thing i want to do i'm trying to escape the show to come back home <laughs> like the opposite right right and do you do you find like now too that you're in a space where like some of the stuff that you did back then like getting up in the middle of the night changing diapers like is some of that like coming back to you now like did you have those moments where it's like man i forgot how hard this is oh definitely definitely i mean like i said i felt like it was harder then than it is now only because a i didn't have the experience and b as much as I loved my daughter, I mean, as soon as she was born, I loved her. Like, I would kill for her. You know what I mean? That feeling comes, boom, as soon as she comes out of the womb. But I hated it. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to fucking get up and fucking change diapers right now. You know, I'm hungover or, you know, whatever the case is. And and now it's it's almost different. You know what I mean? You, you get up and you, I mean, I, nobody wants to change diapers at three in the morning, but it's just a different feeling. You know what I mean? You have that experience already you already did it it's just something that you know you have to do so it's not as big of a chore plus i'm not as hungover as many times as i was back then no doubt that that helps a lot right word yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i was wilding bro i was i was wilding <clears throat> i would say i was even um before i got married to my current wife the mother of my current child i was with my ex-wife the mother of my older child I was wilding up until then. I mean, up until my, you know, late thirties, I was wilding. I was, I was not ready to settle down. And I think it took a divorce and just seeing that shit didn't work out for me to be, and then, and meeting obviously someone who was better for me and a better fit for me to be like, okay, I got to chill. I got to fucking chill. I'm ready to chill. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to chill now, you know, I put that crazy, crazy shit behind me and that's what I did. And I'm glad I did. 
And it feels like, you know, to make those changes, like you actually, you actually have to want it yourself. Like you said, like you yeah. wanted to do that. Like you can't, it can't be someone else telling you do this when you're not ready to do that. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it helps to have someone by your side who also wants, like, you know what I mean? If, if I was ready to do it, but my partner was still trying to go out every night, every weekend or whatever, and and, and wild out, that wouldn't help. And it probably wouldn't work out. But, uh, yeah, you got to be ready, man. Just like when they say when, when you know, when people are ready to quit drugs or whatever, like they got to do it for themselves. They got to want it. You know, it, it, it doesn't work any other way and shit. But, yeah, up until that point, man, I was still, I was wilding, man. Everything that I that I say, I was, I was, I was out there doing, not giving a fuck, ready, just like, yeah, fuck it. If I get locked up, I get locked up tonight, whatever. Like, in retrospect, that was stupid. You were fucking bugging out. You know what I'm saying? Now... You know, I'm chilling. I have a wife who loves me. I have kid, two kids who love me. And I'm like, damn, you know, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go to jail back then. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck was I thinking? Right. No, that that's I mean, I, I'm so happy to hear that, too, man. And it's that the fact that, that you that you have your team and also like, you know, that it's a supportive team. man. that's that's great to hear, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and going off of that, I mean, something that that is fairly new, man. To, to at least to me, is the Chef You account you get you got on Instagram, where you really are like spending time in the kitchen, man, like making <laughs> you know some incredible looking you know dishes there, man. What's what's going on there? I mean, listen, it it, it was never a passion, man. When I grew up, I grew up in a household like a lot of people, um, with my mother, my grandmother, my aunts. And it was just like, you're not really allowed in the kitchen as a, as a boy, I guess. It was a very, you know, uh, uh, sexist, I guess, uh, type of way of growing up. Cause, and I don't just mean the male side, but the female side. You know what I mean? Like, you're not allowed in the kitchen. You know, go over there and play with the boys. You know what I mean? The girls aren't allowed in the kitchen. So I never learned how to cook, man. I, I'd fucking burn toast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't do nothing. But moving in with my wife now it was just us and we were both kind of, she had never uh, moved out of her house. This was her first time. So we were like teaching ourselves and you know, it, it just became kind of a little passion. No, that, that that's amazing. I mean, um, I think what's even, even more incredible too is, is how you're actually taking good pictures of food. I mean, I've seen so many, you know, people post pictures of, of a meal that's probably delicious, but because of the lighting, because of the angle, like <laughs> it just looks like slop. Like it doesn't look like good food. So how do you, how do you go about actually getting good pictures? Yeah, I, I promise you, I do try. I'm not gonna say I don't try to take a good picture, but I don't have like a ring light. You know what I'm saying? And use filters and none of that shit. I just try to take an appealing picture because I'm proud of it, right? Obviously, if if it looked like shit, I probably wouldn't take a picture of it. I'd probably be like, yeah, now nah, this ain't my best work. So if I'm proud of it, I'm going to try to take a good picture. So I just try to take a, a good a good angle and I look at it, you know, like the way I would look at food. Like you said, if somebody posted and it looked like slop, I'd be like, yeah, that probably looks like shit. Yeah. It tastes like shit. So I just look at it from that perspective. But I don't try in terms of like some of the influencers who props to them, you know, they pull out the little light and the little tripod and I don't do all that shit though. Man, well, I, I wouldn't know, man, because it, it, it looks incredible. So um, keep that up, man. But like, I appreciate it. 
you know, as you've been in the kitchen, like what have been some of the key like lessons you've learned, man, like of, of what to do, what not to do? Like what, what what's that whole process been like in terms of like how what, what you're learning about just, you know, making good food? Uh, it was a lot of trial and error, you know what I'm saying? And luckily I, I was doing it with my wife, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of both of us trying and, and failing and then trying and seeing what worked. But I think the main thing that we learned from it is you got to have the right tools for the right job. I'm a big proponent of that. And some and some chefs aren't, man. Some chefs, like, you know what I mean? They'll go from the eye, you know what I mean? They'll use their eye to measure, and they'll use whatever tools they have, and they make it fucking look, look and taste great. But I'm a big proponent of using the right tools for the job. You know what I mean? If, if I need a lemon zester, then I need a lemon zester. I'm not using a peeler for it. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I need, I need to, I need to use the right tool for the right job. That's one thing that, that works for me. No, that, that's, that's awesome, man. That's, that, that, that's good advice too, man, especially when you're trying to just, you know, make, take shortcuts or use something that, you know, you know, estimate whatever, like sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Right. I mean, the thing is I, I love food. Right? I've always loved food. I've always loved experimenting with food as far as, eating right going out to different restaurants trying different foods uh, so i don't want to make something and it tastes horrible i'll be so upset i'll be not so much because i made it like upset because i failed but upset that it tastes bad like fuck you know what i mean because <laughs> i was really looking forward to eating this thing so I, i'm gonna try my best to follow the recipe to a fucking tea and use every exact tool that i need to use measuring cup, measuring spoon, every single little thing to make sure that this is going to taste good. And if it doesn't, then I know, hey, I followed every rule. It still doesn't taste good. Then I must not like it. Yeah, <laughs> man, that, that's awesome. You know, I'm a foodie, man. That's why That's why I made Smorgasbord, man. If you ever heard that song, Smorgasbord, that I made, you know, all, this, all the foods that I mentioned in there, I've really eaten and tried and tried to make. Man, that, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I feel like, too, you know, if you if you going off of that and just your music in general, I feel like your later music that you're making now, you know, you look at um, Blocktoberfest, you look at Respectfully FU, two projects you've dropped in 2023. I feel like you're giving us much more of a glimpse of who you are as a person. You're like your music is much more personal now and, and more a glimpse into to your actual life than it than it maybe was in the past. Do you feel that do you feel that way, too, about your music? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I can't pinpoint who it was that told me that they wished I had made more records that were about my current life rather than my past life. You know what I mean? Even though a lot of stuff from uh, from Picasso and all that, and a lot of my other records, like when I'm talking about that, it's shit that I've done. You know what I mean? I mean, there's fantastical shit that I speak about too, obviously, that I haven't done, right? It's like, you know, fucking fantastic shit that no one does. But for the most part, a lot of the stories I tell or told is shit that I have done, but there was people who were like, oh, we wish you would touch more on the things that you're currently doing. And I guess there was a point where I was like, look, man, I'm getting older. The shit I'm doing is boring. I'm not going to like, you're not going to want to hear me talk about the fucking restaurants I go to and fucking, you know what I mean, singing lullabies to my kid and shit like that. Uh, you know, fucking salsa dancing and shit. And then I guess there's some people who are. And then I, I guess I found myself being like, nah, that's just, 
that's just kind of cool and shit. I'm, nobody's really rapping about it. I'm going to fucking rap about it. Why not? I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my style. Man, that, that, that's incredible. Um, that That's really cool. I mean, and looking at just what you've been able to do in, in 2023, like Respectfully FU, like let's start there. Like just an incredible project, you know, with producer Deep um, of Two Hungry Bros. Like how did that project even come about with Deep to where you guys uh, had that collaboration? Um, you know, I don't know how many people know or don't know, but Two Hungry Bros are like uh, legendary in New York underground hip hop. You know what I mean? That they were integral since probably the late 90s, you know what I'm saying, in a lot of groups and shit like that. So I always knew of them. Uh, I didn't know if they knew of me, but Deep was making uh, a producer album called uh, Things Dad Listens To. And uh, he was just reaching out to artists that he fucks with. He reached out to me, and uh, I was like, oh, shit, wow. I didn't know that, you know what I mean, you guys knew who I was. He sent me a beat, and I made a track called Warwick Davis, um, and he was like just blown away. He was like, "Yo, this is my favorite record. This is fire." I'm like, "Oh shit, thanks." And then he just started sending me beats, and we linked up. He came to my studio. He played me a bunch of beats, and we kind of came up with the with the with direction of the album while he was playing me the beats. I noticed like oh, they were they were all Latin based. You know what I mean? They all had they were all Latin samples, Latin percussion. Um. So I was like, yo, let's go this route. You know what I mean? We're both, I'm Peruvian, he's Puerto Rican. I feel like there's not enough Hispanic res- representation, in, at least in underground hip hop. So I'm like, yo, let's do it. Let's go this route. You know what I mean? Who knows what comes from it? I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be a, a reggaeton artist or nothing like that. So we worked on the record and, and that's how it came about. It's just, he just came, played the beats, and then that's the idea that came to my head. That's awesome. You know, what What was that, you know, just that process like in terms of like, you know, giving feedback, getting feedback, you know, making sure that, you know, the beats are cohesive, you know, throughout a project that, that you like the beats that, you know, Deep is, you know, good with the lyrics and, you know, getting the, the right guests. Um, you know, what was that kind of back and forth feedback process like? I mean, I, I really like to work with producers that are easy to work with. Uh, luckily, I haven't worked, I'd say, with a producer who was not easy to work with. You know what I mean? But I do like to put everything out in the open before we start working. Like, yo, how's this How's this going to work? You know what I mean? I like to have creative control over the lyrics, over pretty much everything. You know what I mean? If If you want to make a producer album with me rapping on it, then that's cool, too but it's going to work differently. You know what I mean? You're going to have to put up all the bread and do everything, and I'll just write raps. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool with doing that, taking the backseat. But if we're going to do this collaboratively, you make the beats, I'll let you know if I like the beats, and then we go from there. You know what I mean? But I'm also open to spitballing ideas, and that's what we did. You know what I mean? With Deep, came up with a rhyme, um, and then I told him, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of naming it this. What do you think? You know what I mean? Luckily, Deep was like, yo, you're the artist. That sounds cool. It doesn't sound crazy. As long as I wasn't coming up with fucking crazy titles out of this world, that would be like, no. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, Which was great. You know what I mean? And as far as the features, usually I just work with how I feel. You know what I mean? Um, With with Sabado Night Live, 
when I heard the beat, I immediately thought Homeboy Sam, man. I'm like, yo, he'd be fucking great for this beat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And and uh, luckily he was down. He was like, yeah, no doubt. And we started working. I started writing my verse, and I saw the direction I was going with it. And I was like, yo, the only other person who I think could uh, live up to this challenge, you know what I mean, with me and, and, and Sandman would be Gems because I know he'll take it seriously and he'll really try his best. I don't want to give it to somebody who I'm not sure if they're going to give me the illest verse back. And then I might have to either not use it and feel kind of feel like a dick or just not use, or use it and fucking be upset that I used it. And I'm, I know if I send this beat to Gems, he's not going to send me anything that he doesn't think is ill and, and it's going to be ill. So that worked out. The same thing with A, you know what I mean? When I heard that beat, I'm like, oh, this is perfect for A. And, uh, and the same thing with, well, the same thing with, not exactly the same thing with uh, uh, Celebrity Deathmatch. Celebrity Deathmatch was just going to be me and GS Advance. And then after we laid down our verses, I was like, nah, this needs somebody else to jump on. And I had just done a verse for Breeze for his album with Deep that came out like a couple years ago, but they, they, they uh, brought it back out. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yo, let's get Breeze to kind of return the favor. So that's how that worked. And, and, and I love that too, because Breeze is one of those guys that like, either you know about him or, you know, he slept on, you know, and to the people who know and, and, oh, yeah. and love his music, it's like, that dude's a legend. But, you know, yeah. to, to people who maybe don't go that deep into New York hip hop or they're newer on the scene, they may not be as familiar with somebody like Breeze. And it's, it's kind of a shame. It is. And Breeze is a guy who hasn't, and I don't think we'll ever lose a step. You know what I mean? Because that verse is classic breeze ever flowing, man. And it's, it's ill. It's not It's not phoned in. It's not whack in any way. It's not dated in any way. It's like, uh, you know, and I agree with you, man. He, he's a legend in New York underground hip-hop, in New York hip-hop period. So I'm, I'm glad that, that he agreed to it. And I, I told you this off the record, but I also want to tell you this on the record is like just with every project you're dropping, it's like just lyrically, like song wise, like I just feel like you keep getting better and better. Like I already thought you were great or we wouldn't have been doing interviews, you know, six years ago. And <laughs> so it's great to he like I'm just a, as a fan, it's like, man, like you, you push it again, you push it again. Like, how do you keep getting better? Like, what's what's that process like? Because I mean, it'd be pretty easy to kind of do the same thing over and over, but that's not what you're doing here. I mean, look, I, I appreciate it. I thank you. I think I'm just getting better the more I do it, um, you know, and, and, and the more inspiration that I get. So I guess my peers are getting better and therefore making me better. I really got to give it up to them and to my team. You know what I mean? I'm around Spit Gems and A1 who, if you don't know, are fucking monsters. You know what I'm saying? So, that alone is going to help me get better. And then also just the hip hop around me, just the hip hop that I listen to is getting better. I think, you know what I mean? So it's making me step my, my pen game up. But like I was telling you before, man, I, I've been close to, you know, quitting a lot, not like on some, you know, what was me, you know, uh, uh, depressed shit, but just like, you know, Hey, it's time, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I've done what I'm going to do it's time to maybe look, look elsewhere, maybe help other artists come up or, you know, maybe start a podcast or maybe do some other shit, um, but put the pen down. But 
I can't. Every time I think I do, I come up with a new idea or somebody like deep comes to me with an idea. Hey, let's do a record. And it winds up working. Like if, if I started this with deep and halfway through, I wasn't feeling it. I would have been like, yeah, nah, forget it, bro. You know, we did three records. Maybe we'll put out three singles, but I'm done. You know what I mean? But I didn't. And then even after that, I was like, I'm going to do one more. And then Gems is like, yo, let's do one more Rikers Island Boxing School. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Fire. After that, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do another another album with Rob Victim. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it. And then after that, I'll do one more and I'm done. You know what I'm saying? But then then that might not be the end. You know what I mean? So right. as, long as, as long as people like it, as long as there's people like you who are digging it, I'll probably keep doing it, man. And as long as I'm inspired to do it. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. No, that's that's great. I mean, um, you know, when, when when you think about that, you know, uh, like just looking at the way songs like Sabado Night Live come together, like what's your writing process? You know, how do you approach a song, especially when you've got guests on there, whether it's like, you know, MCs in your inner circle or, you know, reaching a little outside your circle for somebody like Breeze? Like what's what's that writing process like as you approach a new song? I mean, usually, I'd say 99% of the time, uh, the beat takes me to where I'm going to go. And then I search out the features. Um, so, like, you know, if I hear a beat and I immediately start thinking of a bar or two, two, three bars, then I know, like, yeah, this beat is fire. This beat, I'm going to go with this one. And then I'll write it down, I'll write the name of the beat down, and maybe I'll come back to it, or maybe I'll finish the verse right then and there. Um and kind of decide what direction I'm going in. Uh, you know, with something like Sabado Night Live, I, as soon as he played me the beat, it's funny because when he played me the beat, I was like, yeah, this shit is fire. And I started writing a different verse and I stopped and I'm like, no, because like half of the first verse took me to a different direction. And I'm like, I'm going to take this part of this verse and keep going with this. And that's what became Sabado Night Live. Hmm. And then... Once I, once I had my verse and I knew what I was doing with it, I knew that, you know, there's certain people I couldn't give it to because they wouldn't either have the right flavor or they, they would, but they wouldn't follow what I'm doing on it. You know what I'm saying? Which, you know, I'm kind of talking about growing up Spanish and shit like that. And uh, I knew I knew Sandman, you know what I'm saying, could do it. I heard him on the record already. And and I knew Jem's good, so we did that. You know what I'm saying? And that's usually how I do it. I usually let the beat speak to me and kind of lead me to where I'm going to go and then figure out if there's going to be a feature, if I want a feature. Sometimes a feature I want doesn't want to do it. You know what I mean? And, you know, it goes from there. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool to hear that. You know, I, I appreciated the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, skit in there as well, talking about how he, <laughs> you know, got into stogies. Um, you follow with Godfather Stogies. You know what? What has been your kind of journey into like cigar world, man? Like, how'd you find it? Like, you know, what are you into? Like, how, like what's that? What's that been like? I think I've been smoking cigars um, on and off since maybe two thousand five, six. Um, it just started with something I wanted to try, and um, I would say, you know, at, at first, obviously, when you start anything. You're a novice, but, you know, I found what I liked and then kind of kept going with that. And at first, it wasn't something where uh, I would consider myself an aficionado. I still I still wouldn't consider myself an aficionado, but I definitely know a lot more than other people do. You know what I mean? And it's just 
it's just about you know enjoying it and uh that, that's really what, what I try to take everything as, man. I don't take anything so serious where it's like, you know, I have to, I have to get so deep into it and everything has to be meticulous. Even with hip hop, like I just do it cause I like it. You know what I'm saying? Like I just right. rap cause I like the rap and it comes to me and people like it. So I keep doing it. You know what I mean? I smoke cigars because I enjoy it. And it's something that, you know, I'm thinking of opening a cigar bar where I live at now. Shit, that's how far I've taken with it. You know what I'm saying? I've been to Cuba. I've been to the to, to the factories. I've been to the farms. because it's interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? It's something I enjoy. That that's incredible. I mean that that's taking it even further. I mean that that would be incredible to see see you do that. And that that Arnold Schwarzenegger skit is something. Since I've I don't remember when I first saw it. Right, probably early days of YouTube. But I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> this is something I got to use on the track because I also smoke cigars. You know what I mean? And just to hear Arnold, uh, you know, give that interview where it, half of it, he's being honest and earnest and talking about how he got into cigars. And the other half, he's being he's doing this whole bravado fucking, you know what I mean? Laughing at the interviewer and shit. I was like, I got this is me. I got to use this shit right yeah, no, that that's such a great clip. Uh, was that just like a random interview? Like, was that like where did that come from? I like I know you said you saw it on YouTube, but like, is that from like like a newspaper interview? Like, where was that? I mean, no, it's I, I assume it's uh, an interview about cigars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it looks like one of those old '90s in, MTV interviews. I don't think it was for MTV though, but it was like one of those and shit, or you know, fucking one of those uh, current affair type shows and shit like that, where they just interviewed him about his, his cigar smoking. If you watch the video, he's like really young in it still. So it's definitely from like the nineties at some point. That's incredible. And, you know, also like, you know, going to Blocktoberfest, um, you know, another incredible project you put out this year, you know, talk about like, how, how did you, you know, I feel like you channeled MF doom on that Gadzooks um, MF Yoom song, you know, how oh, definitely. That, how did that song come out? Like, what and and what was that creative process like for you to really pull it off? Um, I think it was the day I heard MF Doom died was New Year's, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, and I heard about it, and I got on the phone with my friend GS Advance, um, and we talked about our love for Doom, and you know. Uh, it, you know, it was just something where it was kind of sad. You know what I mean? You know, we, you hear about people passing away, you know, celebrities or, or rappers, DJs, whatever. And it means something to different people. But to me, I was such a huge Doom fan. He was such a huge influence on me that I needed to talk to somebody about it. And we spoke for like two hours just about Doom and shit. And that next day, I wrote Gadzooks. And it wasn't obviously to MF Doom but it's an homage to him. You know what I'm saying? Since he had passed, it was in his style. You know what I'm saying? If I had a doom feature, this is what I wanted it to sound like. Um, I just didn't have a beat for it. Mm. I didn't have a beat for it, but that flow, I had that flow and I had those words and I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that's what I wanted to call it. It was ready to go. I just didn't have the right. And then everybody started dropping their MF doom tributes. Yes. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to push this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just not going to be just another person. Even though I had met Doom a couple times, uh, I'm sure he didn't know, like, didn't remember my name, but I had met him a couple times. Uh, but I'm not going to put this out. 
And then when I heard that beat from level 13, I was like, this is Gadzooks. This beat is Gadzooks. This beat is for Doom. This is an MF Doom beat. You know what I'm saying? He needs, he should be rapping on this. So let me do it to this. And that's how that song came about. That's amazing. What was it like meeting Doom too? I mean, what what was that experience like? I mean, I met Doom. The first time I met Doom was, I think, 99 at Wetlands. He was doing a show. He did a show. He, he didn't have the mask but he did it with like a bandana on his face. You know what I mean? This was pre-math Doom, but Doomsday was out already. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm, I was working for Rockets Records at the time. I was just uh, uh, on the street team. You know what I mean? I was a kid. I think I was 17. Um, so we went backstage and shit, and, and I met him, kicked it with him and shit. You know, he was definitely a strange dude, but cool as fuck. You know, we took a couple of flicks and shit, whatever, whatever. And through throughout that time, throughout that year I met him a couple other times and shit we smoked or whatever and, and talked and shit he, he was definitely he was what you know he was like a genius man he was like a tortured genius you know what I'm saying um, I didn't know everything at the time I didn't even know that was Zev Love X from KMD at the time you know what I'm saying I thought he was a new artist mm. so I didn't know the heartache he was going through having lost his brother and having I guess lost uh, the record deal they had etc cetera, etc cetera. It, you know, but looking back, you can hear that in his lyrics and you can see it from like the things that I remember. You know what I mean? I was fucking smoked out. I was a kid and I also wasn't paying as much attention as I should have. because I didn't know that I was amongst fucking greatness. You know what I'm saying? I didn't right. know I was amongst legend. You know what I mean? This was a fucking MC at Wetlands. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, you know, I wasn't meeting fucking, uh, 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 to me, I wasn't meeting fucking Elvis. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that at the time, so I didn't pay as much attention as I probably should have. But from the things I do remember and thinking back, I'm like, yeah, you could see the torture and the pain and kind of this, this other fucking person wanting to come out and shit. And, and that's what came out in his lyrics and shit. So since then, you know what I'm saying, he's been such an influence. Man, that that's incredible, man. That That's awesome. You know, and, and, and looking at just like the way that you're still working with guys like A1 and Spit Gems and just looking at that, like how long those relationships have lasted, you know, you don't always hear about that in, in just the, you know, art, music, like what, what do you think it is that's allowed you to maintain the, these relationships and really have it, you know, be, um, you know, just, you know, good, good relationships over time, you know, where it's like, it, it's just, it's beyond music. It's actual friendship there. I think we're, I think it's because we're very similar people. We're very different and similar at the same time. I know that kind of might sound stupid to some people, but I feel like we have a lot of things in common, but we're not exactly the same. So the things that I may lack, you know what I mean? A might have, and and, and I look to that. Or Gems might have, and I look to that, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's that thing that that keeps us, you know, in a friendship, and we also know how, like, you know what I mean. Sometimes it's time to fucking back off, and sometimes, sometimes somebody needs you. You know what I mean? And I think it's that a lot of people that you meet, they're either trying to impress you, or they're trying to, um, they're either trying to, you know, trying to impress you, or just try to. You get that phony vibe. You know what I mean? And with us, I don't think I ever got that from either one of those two. So, 
That's that's incredible, man. You know, with with all the great stuff you've got going on right now, man. You know, um, what's next for you? Just life, music, anything. Shit, man. Right now, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to buy a house, and like I said, I got married, had a baby. Um, as far as that, trying to open up a cigar bar at some point in the future. I get another house, rent this one out. You know what I mean, and, and live comfortably that way. As far as music, um, I don't know, man. What I'm working on is uh, me and Gems are working on Rikers Island Boxing School 2. Um, I'm working on uh, the second album with Rob Victim. That's Both of those are pretty much done. Uh, we just, you know, we got to get them mixed down and line everything up. So I don't know if they'll come out before the end of the year or next year. Um, uh I don't, after that, I don't know, man. I definitely want to put out one more record, just kind of just me with different producers. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of in the works. I'm always working on something here and there. You know what I mean? And like I was telling you before, I don't know. I don't know. Something, something inspires me. Another producer hits me up and gives me a, you know, a good project. Like, yo, let's do this. We might do that. Or if somebody hits me up and is like, hey, you know what I mean? I'll pay you X amount of money to come spit on this, then I might do that. I don't know. Until I don't feel inspired or until the people stop telling me that they're fucking with it, I'm not going to stop, you know? 